the football pod. Booing and the jeering and the anticipation. And then as he strikes it, there's that intake of breath because he puts the bloody ball 14 uh, yards beyond. The, the second he hits it, I knew we were under pressure. Like. Subscribe to the football pod on the OTB Sports app now. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Kevin Walters with us this morning. Kevin, good morning to you. How are you getting on? You can hear us all right, Kevin, can you? Morning. Yeah. How are you doing? Good, thanks. There's the, the line is just coming through there. The um, As Owen says, the universe would have exploded if um, the races were on and Sam McGuire had been there at the same time. Yeah, it would be very hard to uh, to manage to do them. But uh, we had plans in place that so we'd, we'd have no problem with it. But uh, yeah, it's just a bit disappointing we didn't have it to go with the races and um, years gone by I suppose people and particularly the players were always mind themselves from race week and this was an ideal week to, to celebrate something if they'd won it but uh, unfortunately it wasn't to be uh, Was there a point in the game where you thought actually you know what we might get this done? So, can you hear me there Ger? Yeah, Yeah I'm just wondering was there a specific point in the game where you did allow yourself to believe that actually Galway were going to win? I suppose when he came back from 16-14 to, to 16 all, I think it was about the 63rd, 64th minute. It was, it was anyone's game at that point. So, you know, but uh, look at it, it was it was an open game. It was it was a game that could have gone either way. Um, I suppose that at the end of the day, maybe the subs had a huge impact from Kerry where our, our own bench wasn't as, as strong as it'd like it to be. And uh, Kerry kind of pulled away in the end. But it was it was there for us. It was there right through the game. And uh, it was it was up and down. I think it was six times it was level. So, it wasn't the case that uh, it was never there for us, but it just just wasn't to be in the day. Kevin, why was it an open game? Because everybody in the build-up was saying expect a, a KG affair where both defensive systems really come out on top. What what happened that allowed the whole thing to break free? I think um, I'm not so sure it broke free, broke free, but it was it was um, far more open than a few more games. But I would say that you know the, the stall was set out fairly early where. Kerry in particular, we'll say, threw a few high balls in early. I think they probably did go after maybe the full back line and, and the goalkeeper for Galway, which wasn't tested against Derry. And uh, I think once those few kicks went in and out fairly early, uh, that kind of bet the bank blanket defence a bit earlier. And then from the Kerry side, I felt that, I did say that last week in the build-up to it, I still don't think they're there in relation to getting the sweeper right. Uh, it was fierce open, particularly for and Shane, actually, the great game, obviously, but he was given hand passes in in front, bounce passes in front, which wouldn't happen normally with a tight defence. So it just, I'd say, it just was that bit more open where it wasn't, um, I suppose, the defences weren't given that chance to set up more as much as the, the last semi-finals and stuff. Because that carry defensive system, it seemed, in the first couple of plays of the game, was going to be under severe pressure from Galway. Like, I think they got to grips with Galway or maybe... Galway started doing something different. What what was your read on that, Kevin? Because it looked like the, Galway were going to break with the, the tradition of Kerry giving up uh, maybe like one or two yeah. goal chances in this game. Yeah, my read on it, to be honest with you, I was, I was looking at it from high, high up in the stand. And I, I, I thought that Kerry, to be honest with you, whether it was part of a plan or they decided to go after Galway, but they certainly didn't have the back protected. And um, I know Morley would be the sweeper all the time, but there was, there was certainly no sweeper in front of those those dinky little passes. And... Um, it was wide, it was wide open for her. I could see it. So it was a lovely kind of a game for like Shane to get there because he went into full forward quite quite a bit and he was getting he was receiving balls in the middle three lanes, which 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 would be, I suppose, defensively he wouldn't be overly happy with that. Um, so there was there was straight runs, which didn't take a whole pile to have to manoeuvre to around defences. So 
look at Kerry, Kerry, I suppose they pushed up in the middle third, uh, but they definitely did, did leave the back open for the likes of Shane inside. Um, I think they probably tightened up. I noticed that after 25 minutes or so, where, <clears throat> excuse me, Stephen O'Brien actually ended up back to him a little bit of sweeping, uh, but it wasn't an out and out um, um, Tyg Morley all day in the, in the first 25 minutes or so. But I think they did start to cover up the back a bit more after that. It, we, we actually have a, a, a clip from um, GEA Sense on, on Twitter uh, that we can run out. So the, the score was 15-14 at this stage and um, Galway had a, a bit of an overlap. This is um, from the, the side camera where it's just it's just a Galway kick out that Kerry actually get a handle on but then a, a multitude of Galway footballers break forward and unfortunately just the wrong option is taken. So it looks like Matthew Tierney has the ball and ends up uh, they recycle and a shot gets taken and it goes wide but Johnny Heaney and Finian O'Lee are on the overlap on the inside was there just a, a sense maybe that Goey didn't quite fully realise the opportunity they had that they could have been more killer instincts when it comes to going for goals for whatever reason yeah I actually remember that, that instant live I, I obviously can't see it here at the minute and I haven't seen it on television afterwards either but I remember there was a John Johnny Heaney and one other at the time I remember there, where there was an option and I don't think it looked up. Who was it? Matthew Tierney that had the ball. Was it? Um, I'm pretty sure it was Matthew Tierney who had the ball. I think it's Finian O'Lee. Yeah. That was uh, GA Sense on on Twitter for the clip. Um, okay, I, I have to see it. I have to see it again. Uh, but I actually remember one of those live where it was on. But I think it was probably I'm not too sure. Was it a belief of that, or it was just one of those one of those situations where it wasn't seen, or like you said, was it just kind of going back and playing safe and holding on to possession? Um, I have to see it again, to be honest. But look, I don't think. It was down to that. I think if you look at, you know, I, I noticed there maybe, if you look at it, I think it was 14 points each after 47 minutes or so. But that's that's quite high scoring, if you you know, if you look at it. But I think Galway didn't score for another 16 minutes. I think it was 63rd minute they scored. And again, and inside 30 seconds, they got a second point to bring it back to 16 all. And that was the finish of it. So bear that minute of two points from 47 minutes on to 75 minutes, Galway didn't score in that period. And again, you'd have to maybe look at the bench and say, well, was the legs fresh enough? I thought Paul Connery would have moved in and on full forward there for four or five minutes looking at life. And it looked like to me he was moving in and getting a break. And, yet, you know, at that point, it, you know, Kerry had, had more than gone off at half time. So they had fresh legs there at that point. So I suppose that's, you need to have your bench fairly loaded for an Ireland final day. And I'm not so sure that Kobe believed in the full bench they had. What was your take on the Damien Comer situation? Um, I know Damien found himself outside the defensive line quite a bit. Um, definitely, he, he was marked completely. I've done an article on how he was marked against Derry. Uh, I've, I've, you know, I, I spoke about how Rogers marked him uh, not looking at the ball. Uh, Damien got loads of space where the defender didn't, didn't, didn't have a clue where the ball was coming from. This was different. Uh, Foley was right beside him, pulling at him all day. Uh, never gave him an inch and was you know was seeing the man and seeing the ball which is a huge huge difference and I suppose Damien then found to get the ball in there early or found it hard to get the ball in early and found himself after making runs being out around the offensive line or defensive line for Kerry which definitely didn't suit him but look okay, just one of those games I suppose that he didn't get into it uh, as much as he'd like and I suppose if you had if you could get Shane Welch and Damien fired another one day you, you'd have massive opportunities but it was uh, just one of, one of Damien's days that was I suppose he was taken out of it is there a responsibility on, on the team to try and find a way to get him into it or is that because of the marking has been so like I wonder is there better ball that needs to go in do they need to take some risks 
to get him into the game. At the start of the second half, for example, he's he's one on one. Do you just pump a few balls in and see if he wins one out of three? That's break even because the damage that he can do is is significant. Or do you not take that risk because the stakes get so high? Look, the stakes are quite high. I mean, just putting ball in for the sake of putting it in and hope rocks out in from the, from the centre of the field is probably not your best case scenario. But look, we've all seen Damien in the past, in particular back post. You take the ball down, you know, down lane one or lane five on the sidelines, and one or two crossfield balls in the back post with Damien. That's his, that's his bread and butter. Uh, and anybody would find it really hard to 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 work work with him on that. And it wasn't the case that Kerry had four or five people in front of Damien or, or anything like that. But I thought there was definitely opportunities to take the ball down, as I said, on the sidelines and crossfield balls back post. The sweeper would be taken completely out, and Damien has a great pair of hands. So I didn't see any of that happening on the day. That was something that definitely I would have felt would have been a threat for two or three times. But back to your point, I suppose the way the game is and, and how good people are at, at getting out with sweepers and, and, and moving forward, you just don't hoof ball in all day and hope it works out. But certainly two or three times it would be nice to see that. Well, yeah, I, I, I realise that the risk and so it's, it's, not, it's not a tactic and you can't, you can't use it as like, oh, we're just going to lorry ball in. But yeah. to try and get one of your key players into the game in a way that's going to be meaningful, sometimes you need to take risks. And maybe it's not, maybe it's not high ball, maybe it's something else. But some way to get Comer into the game at halftime, it felt necessary if Galway were going to be able to win the game. Yeah, and again, look at it, it's, it's, and it's not how you, I know we keep talking about risk. It's not a case that everyone should be afraid to kick the ball in. That's, that's, not, that's not the case. I mean, if we have to put it in a, a certain occasion, but there's ways of doing that. As I said to you, the back post, the crossfield ball, and definitely, if it's a really tight mark going on, I mean, I spoke about this, this, the screening side of things. Yes, the other players can help the likes of, of Damien get, get involved. But again, you know, particular from, if you look at it, and this is supposed the worrying point of it, other than Johnny Heaney, I think having two shots, one being blocked and not over the bar, I don't think any of our four forwards had a shot on goal other than Shane Walsh and Johnny Heaney maybe twice. And I suppose that is the worrying side of it. So if that's not happening, I suppose it could be another work, even to release the like to Damien Comer. And then again, Damien himself probably will look back on this and say that he did have the ball a few times, particularly in the second half, just on the outside of the offensive arc where maybe he could have taken on the guy once or twice as well. So again, it was simply played at, 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 as you said, at a low risk uh, area because Damien is quite strong and could afford probably to take on one or two guys a bit more often. But just on the day, it didn't happen. Like, and that's kind of like one, one of the really interesting ways that you kind of look at this game because at halftime <laughs> it felt the narrative was, you know, Galway earned the lead but everything has gone their way. Whereas I was kind of half thinking, well, Comer has barely kicked the ball. I think he touched the ball once. And then on top of that, their kickouts were an absolute disaster. So if you add those two things into the mix and it's only a four-point uh, defeat, which is pretty flattering to carry in the end, like there are a couple of things that you look, you come away from it from a Galway perspective and think, Jesus, that All-Ireland was was there for them. Absolutely. you know, And again, and I hear talk about Kerry Vanon dominating, dominating football for the next number of years That's because of the age profile. I don't see that. I mean, from what I saw from Kerry uh, there was that they'd be quite happy to get over the line. And if you said, if you take take into account the kick strategy looked to be very poor, uh, um, we'll say there was 25 shots for Kerry, I think, 30, or 25 shots for Galway on goal, 35 for Kerry. Kerry had eight points or eight wides to one, I think, at halftime or 7-1. But at the same time, Galway were right in that game. So you'd have to say that you know, and even with the bench, like, I mean, Kerry's bench made a big impact where Galway's didn't. And they didn't seem to, I suppose, believe they had to have impact on the bench. So, you know, you just wonder if if the likes of a Peter Cook, 
you know, Tom Flynn, Finch O'Curran, Kieran Duggan. You know, I don't know where them guys are at the minute, but you just wonder if the bench was loaded a bit stronger, particularly for the midfield area. Uh, Kerry had already moved their midfielders at half time, so there was fresh legs there. So it's just, you know, if you're taking all those into account and Kerry, you know, they're, they're flattered to get over the line with four points, you would, um, yeah, you'd say if just one or two more stood up, that, uh, that was there for us. Would you make that a, 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 like a point of priority over the next couple of months to try and get at least one of those middle third players that you mentioned there back into the squad? Like We're not privy to, 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 to a lot of the conversations that have happened uh, under Joyce and, and the reasons for some people not being there. But on the evidence that you saw on Sunday, would you make it your priority to try and get a couple of them back in? I certainly would. I, I, I absolutely would. I mean, look at when I was there myself. I know like the Sean Armstrong and guys like that had been, you know, maybe 31, 32 uh, I'd certainly be looking to see where the, where where we can improve, and whatever it takes to get you know players that, that will do a job for you there, or some maybe something like young that's coming through, whatever it's going to be. But there's certainly you'd have to say that um, the bench probably wasn't loaded as much as, as you'd like it, in particular on the final day, you know where where you have a huge pitch and that kind of stuff, uh, and in particular where as a Kerry made, made did their bench did make that impact. So you know, yeah, look, it's just it's just it's just a pity, and I know. People say, you know, that uh, nothing to lose and the first time up there and that kind of stuff. But I mean, you have everything to lose. It's an all-around final. And we don't know who or where and who will be there again. It could be the same two teams again. But we don't know. And uh, you've got to make the best of every opportunity. So, look, it's still a learning curve. Jack Lynn set up, which is great to see the young fella playing, playing well. Uh, Kenny McDay. Oh. The line has just gone... Um yeah, so we'll get that line back, but um, that that is interesting. I think it's a it's a fair point. The the two things there, you never know when you're going to get back, and there was a, a strong suggestion that this was going to be Conroy's last season because he's been around for so long. Uh, Kevin Walsh is back, so I may as well actually put that to you, Kevin. That, that, that's an excellent point you're making there about you never know when you're going to get back. Um, apparently Silk is going to go travelling for a year, and Conroy might be finishing up, so it won't be the same team irrespective of what happens next season. Yeah, look, there's always movements. I mean, every single year, regardless of what we think, uh, there's all, but the movements for every team. <clears throat> I'm sure Kerry have movements and Dublin have movements next year. And God knows, you know, Dublin may be getting one or two of their players back next year that will be big players as well. So every time you get an opportunity, it's not a case of, well, there's nothing to lose here. You know, when you get to finals, there's everything to lose. So, and again, look, unfortunately, we've lost this one, but like they've performed well. Um, a few areas, you know, the kickouts need to improve. Um, you know, I suppose, like we spoke about the middle area, we certainly need more options in that middle area and uh, get everybody you can to, to, to load your bench. Because in the day, that loading your bench puts awful pressure on people that's playing as well in a good way because you're challenging each other every single night of training. And you're also, you know, match time, you might, some people might say, well, you feel pressure. Players shouldn't, should be able to deal with pressure. And if there's someone looking over your shoulder that someone is going to come in because you're not playing too well, you know, you're going to have to rise again at 5%. And every time you have to rise at 5%, yeah. yeah. and there's a bench behind you, I don't mean play out of fear here, I mean play out of respect for, for what's, what's coming behind you, that you're going to drive on. And, you know, look at, as I said to you, from what I've seen from the Kerry team the last day, albeit they're champions, now, I wouldn't be saying this stage they're going to go on and dominate football like like, like Dublin did. I think there's plenty of phrases, I wrote, I wrote the examiner last week, as to why Galway should win this game. And I think if you look back on some of the points raised, I think it's 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 relevant. So I would just say, look at it's 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 a learning curve, but certainly get as many people in as many places as you can to be to be as competitive as you can. 
one last thing uh, when the opportunities came in the second half when when they got back in front and when they got back level was there a bit at that stage where actually the inexperience of the group told in in that maybe they just didn't fully appreciate where they could damage Kerry and they kind of fell back on being slightly conservative when actually what the game needed from a Galway perspective at that stage was to really go for it and to just ratchet up the ante as much as you possibly could. Yeah, and I suppose then you have to have the bodies to do that as well. So I, it's it's very hard to say from outside, but I don't know why, you know, Galway are experienced because Kerry haven't that much experience either. I know they're Division 1 champions, but this is this is championship. So, and I suppose the experience Kerry had was, you know, 15 minutes coming down the stretch against Dublin. Uh, you can you can use that two ways. Uh, you can say, well, Kerry over the line and, and they were they were resilient. Or you can say, you know what, this is the team that could be tested again uh, in that last 15 minutes if you put the pressure, like you said, put the ante up. And again, that's when back to the legs in this, is <clears throat> I'm not so sure that everybody had the legs to go and put the ante up. And that's where the bench will come in. That uh, maybe, you know, the likes of runners and whatever, that they can actually put the pressure on. Because at that stage, you had two subs in for carry at half time. I think you had someone else in again on the 43rd minute. Potty Clifford, they're going to offer a blood sub for about four minutes. Got his ra- he got his break, he came back in. And, you know, where I think we only had one or two subs in. Yeah. Uh, at the, at the, not that early, but hadn't had a huge impact. Yeah. All right. Kevin, we leave it there. Good stuff. Thanks a million for joining us. Cheers. No problem, Jordan. That's okay. OTB AM. With Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.